0: Folks, take it from me, NBA legend Bill Walden. Like all great experiments in American history, the 3 and D-Love podcast will revolutionize your life. Welcome to the 3 and D-Love NBA podcast. Thanks for joining us, and I'm your host, Michael Eaney. We're joined, as always, by the brother, Ryan Eney, and, of course, our namesake, the venerable D-Love, Derek Lovegren. Here we go. Well, welcome back to the show, guys. It's just Ryan and I tonight. And like the uh Brooklyn Nets, we traded D Love to the Dan Levitard show. And uh we did get a 2029 first round pick, though. Ryan, how does it feel? Just the two of us. No, it's, a, it's it's a relief.
1: It feels great. It feels like we can finally play our game. We have all the right pieces in place. Uh good role play. We all know our roles. Oh, oh, uh, wh-
2: wait, what? Uh, I'm sorry, guys. My agent is telling me I have to stick around for a little bit longer. That uh, the uh, the ink is not dry yet. So on the on the, the trade. So the trade calls not happened yet. Yeah. We're still
1: trying to make a three teamer. Yes, um, you may... stuck with me for
2: a little bit. <laughs> trade me well favorite, too.
0: My favorite subplot of the Kyrie trade that we are referencing is the fact that the Nets are now actively trying to ring in a third team. So so somehow. Kyrie Irving has landed in Dallas, or I think actually Salt Lake City, but we'll just let's just call it Dallas for the sake of the imagery. And he's walking around Dallas, waiting to actually report to the facility. But I heard that the trade might not even be finalized until Wednesday or Thursday because <laughs> the Nets might need multiple days to ring in a third or fourth team in terms of kind of making the all the matters more complicated. I mean, what do you think, Kyrie Irving, is doing in Dallas? Do you think he's trying to figure out what happened to JFK? Like, is he is he, <laughs> oh, is he in the plaza? He have, oh man. No, you his know, a tractor. He has the Zapruder film broken down.
2: Well, I think I said this last year. I think his ultimate goal is to uh, attain enlightenment. And so to do that, <laughs> you have to follow the Buddhist path. You have to sit under a tree for 49 days. <laughs> to, And I'm not mocking. I, I'm only <laughs> saying that, that that's the path. I can see him doing it when his next hiatus could be around him taking the time that he needs to try to to attain enlightenment
1: the selfish buddhist i've i've done i've done at least one of those in my in my talk
2: yeah i don't think the buddha would have mocked the celtics crowd like he did but in his defense they were giving it to him pretty good That's he would true. never
0: stomp on lucky just just turn the no, Buddha i turn think the Buddha around to- I think he's trying to pursue the the American capitalist version of enlightenment, which is getting paid to do nothing. I mean, it really mm. he's 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 trying to get this contract extension, you know, and then you know, basically stop coming to work again. I mean, it's literally a point in the CBA that's going to be navigated here in the next like 18 months as they, you know, as the, the league and the players figure out what to do with the fact that players can just not show up to work every day and still get paid. I mean, it's 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 a fascinating they're gonna call it the Kyrie rule in the next decade. It's gonna be amazing.
1: Kyrie, Ben Simmons, basically anyone
2: who played for the Nets. (laughs) (laughs) James Harden rule. Either way, he's going to be a pioneer. He's going to be revolutionary. But I have to say, from Brooklyn's (laughs) perspective, um, who needs Kyrie Irving when you have Cam Thomas? He scored 44 points the night before last. He had 47 points tonight. He's averaging just over forty-five points for the last two games.
1: <laughs> By my math, that's <laughs> that,
2: that'll get you the Hall of Fame. Man.
1: Oh my gosh! Well, it yeah. did get me
0: thinking. It did. Watching Cam Thomas play got me thinking. Like, so Sean Marks gets hired as the general manager, in, in and in a really like, like an all upside situation, like all timer in terms of he literally couldn't screw it up any worse than it had already been screwed up in the in the Brooklyn Nets, a New Jersey Nets point at time. Uh, with the the fact that the Celtics trade had basically crippled them for the next, like, seven years. And so he builds this plucky little group of kind of, you know, second-round picks, late firsts, guys that are kind of coming together. And then they back their way into what they think is going to be Kyrie and KD in this sort of super team. And he thinks he's struck gold. And meanwhile, what he didn't realize it was going to be the worst three years of his life. And now he's watching he's come up the other side and he's seen Cam Thomas drop 40 in back-to-back nights. And he's like, hey boys, we're back.
2: Denny is <laughs> here. Avert's here. Let's not forget uh Edmund Sumner is averaging 26 points over the last two games, 29, 23 points. Yeah, everyone was worried about
1: the supporting cast being Matt Kyrie for all of his hijakes this year, and about you know, demanding a trade when they're playing well and he's playing well. But I think everyone all those supporting cast guys are mad at Durant cuz he called them out. He's like, "Look oh. who I'm playing with here." And it's like, <laughs> "Yeah, look at us, man. We got the ball finally. You <laughs> and Kyrie are not around, we can just do what we want. We're we're killing it right now." Right. So they're, they're showing up Kyrie. They're showing up Durant cuz one thing I think um Nate jo- Jones pointed out on Twitter is that you know, and again, he's sort of the is it the ed or super ego or whatever of uh of Damian Lillard. He was just saying that like players don't care if other guys are chasing money so the fact that Kyrie at this point was like I want to get paid like people don't they don't hold that against them but I think if someone calls you out and say that you're not a good basketball player <laughs> that might sting a little bit more so so we'll see I just think Joe Si I think there is no third team I think all the Van v- Fleet's rumors are rumors I think Joe Si is just like Hold it as long as possible. <laughs> just yeah. hold him. Make him stay in Utah for a week. It's great. He's just enjoying him, like talking, seeing the clips of Kyrie talking to Westbrook in Utah, and just going from there. So,
0: does it does it strike you as as wrong though if 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 the report that Josiah indeed was like anywhere but L.A. for Kyrie, like if that was really his directive to Sean Marks in terms of this process, does that strike you as as sort of you know? a a little unbecoming Is that is that something that's all fair i mean what's your what's your perspective if that is indeed uh something that occurred
1: well i'd be surprised if that actually was said just because they did um like or needed to be said because they wanted they wanted to keep durant like they wouldn't have made the move they made or a move like that if they wanted to keep they were going to keep durant at least the rest of the season and so if they did the LA trade, it would just be like time to trade Durant too and start over. So, um, so I don't think he had to say that. I think if he did say it, you know, it's his, it's his, it's his (laughs) prerogative. I mean, he put up with so much with Kyrie. I mean, the, the weird part is Kyrie. Now there's some hurdles to go through salary cap wise, but he could go there if he's willing to take the the money the Lakers have available as a free agent anyway. So, um, it was just sort of delay the inevitable, um, but yeah, these guys aren't always like hyper efficient in what they choose to do. And I think someone pointed out it's not like this is like his main source of income. It's it's like the guy made billions and is the number two man Alibaba and various other um, endeavors. So um, but what do you think, Michael or D? I
0: mean, I just think it. It to me, it's it's totally fair. I mean, I think these guys these these are their super yachts. I mean, it's not they don't want want to go sit on the water. They just go, you know, own an NBA team. Unfortunately, and it's not always you know the most competitive minded thing for them necessarily. And it, and it, I still think it, then it brings into you know fairness all the stuff the players can pull too. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's important to keep both of those things in mind, right? It's like, it's guys demand trades and simultaneously they can get traded at the drop of a hat. Right. So it is, it, it felt, uh, you know, you, you wish it didn't happen, but I think it does more often than you'd think. And, and especially with how messy the net situation has been in the last 18 months, like it's clear that, that, uh, that there's a lot of kind of hurt feelings and they're figuring out how to unwind them now.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you'd think if you really wanted to just you know, take it out on Kyrie. He just would have been like, fine, go home. Like, I don't like Mm. just stay at home the rest of the season. You don't get to keep playing and increase your value. Like, you know, and I'll torpedo my season just to do it. So I think he had at least the, 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 the uh, perspective to not, to not do that. Um, I mean, I think we've talked about the players as artists and Kyrie being a permanent example. I think this is almost more like kind of a movie star kind of variation of the artist where I think these guys are so big and maybe it's more like nineties movie stars where like a certain movie star could get a picture, get a film made Um, that's happening less now. It's still important, but you know, when you had like Costner's and you know, the, you know, kind of the Hanks of that era, you had um, just all the, the big stars, the eighties and nineties, they could actually get movies made and their agents would just kind of package it together. And then it'd be, green light but if they decided like no i actually don't want to do this anymore i don't want to work with them um i don't want to do this project then it's like you know it it might be some hurt feelings at the moment but then they're just like they're trying to get them to do the the next project with them like the studios are still working with them like they don't like it's like they can just do whatever they want there's no when you're when you're talent it's like you, you can just do whatever you want and no one cares. Now, obviously, we have a salary cap. We have, like Michael said, the ability to transact or trade players. But I think it's – I don't know if it's player empowerment as much as it's just like these guys, like at that level, they have so much influence and power uh, because of how good they are and how they can change a team's fortunes and influence other people as well in the league that, you know, they, they just can't burn a bridge. I mean, it's sort of like yeah. – you know some of these actors even like these actors now that are just like that just go crazy. I mean look I mean you know look at Robert Downey Jr. I mean the guy totally I mean he like went to jail went to prison for like some of his um, mistakes and it's just like you know he got you know kind of got sober got healthy and then he's gone on to his career but he still got all these chances it wasn't like it was like okay you're done I'm not dealing with you ever again it was like you know Mel Gibson gave him a second chance and then it was <laughs> off to the races. For him. So I would just wonder with someone like Kyrie, I'm just still shocked that like he could, dec- he could, he could say, I want to be traded and like three days later. He's traded like that. It happened that fast. He's able to get right. that done. So it's, wait, is, is Mel Gibson
2: the exception to that? Wasn't he sort <laughs> of ostracized? Like his, he was the one case where the talent didn't uh, shine so brightly or maybe he was, I mean, sort of he's, he's out there at that point.
1: He's making movie. He's he's doing stuff. I mean, he started doing things again. I think Joe, oh, I if you ha- that. if you have the key, well, they're not like uh, he's not in the Marvel universe or anything or doing like he wasn't an Avatar. At least I don't think he was an Avatar. Kate Winslet was an Avatar, by the way. If if I had told you that before, do you guys know which character I, was Kate Winslet? No, I have no
2: idea. No. <laughs> Four, five hour movie, and I still miss that. <laughs> Great movie, though. You know, was I think fun. Mel Gibson's busy making the passion too. <laughs> yeah.
1: That is, I think he's he's is he actually trying to do that? I think that might be something they're talking about, right? <laughs> I don't know.
2: Yeah. Jim Caviezel says he's been ostracized from uh from Hollywood.
0: Yeah, I think that's for a variety of reasons.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's he's a little more complex than
1: yeah. So yeah, I I don't I just think it's so interesting that like the thinking about Kyrie being traded at this point, he played well, there's desperate teams, he's so talented, but also it's the fact that everyone believed he was going to do it, that he would actually just sit out the rest of the season. Right, yeah. Where the the, the other side of it is that Durant, everyone talked about how he loves playing basketball, he's going to play, like he's never not going to play. He's not going to set up games when he's like, just pretend injured. He's going to really go for it. And it, it kind of like was used against him last summer where the Nets knew he would he wasn't gonna out the season, like there was no way yeah. he'd try and pull that. And so they're just yeah. like, All right, Kevin, we'll look around and see what we can find for you. Yeah, oh, couldn't find anything. Uh see you at training camp, <laughs> you know.
2: It's like who, who's the sucker at the poker table? You got right. Kyrie and Durant. Right. right.
1: No, <laughs> who's bluffing? It, yeah, exactly. But it's like you know, it's like someone realizes someone's like, nope, nope, he's not bluffing. He's not bluffing. He's gonna,
2: he's gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, Kyrie. You can say what you want about Kyrie, but he, he does, does not, not care. Yeah. He does not care. He does yeah. not
1: care at all about anything. Well, and, initially,
2: uh, I thought Kyrie was just like all the attention on the on the Chinese spy balloon. I thought he, you know, he wanted to give in the limelight. He was feeling left out and. One is that day, kind of, headlines?
1: Is that kind of like the full moon for Kyrie,
2: where he like <laughs> the, the the
0: the Chinese balloon? Did you just call just him a werewolf? Turn him up.
1: <laughs> Feels like it sometimes. Like what? What in the wind changes? And he's like, oh, it's that time. Time to move on. Time to head east. Oh man.
0: So I did think now that Sean Marks is sort of off the hot seat in terms of literally having the worst GM job in all of NBA basketball, I was trying to think who who now is who takes the reins, who, who kind of takes the, uh, the, the the top of the pole position in terms of having the worst job as a general manager which there's only 30 of them and it's a pretty it's still a pretty great job just to be clear but who has the worst gm job right nico now? harrison nico harrison oh. the ma- the math general manager Kyrie's new gm oh,
1: right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's like i knew oh, him good. we were together at nike we're close yeah. it's just like oh man those are the those are the things you tell yourself it's right. just like just picture Kyrie like on his on his phone in the bathtub talking to luca just laughing about things you know it's like this is not gonna
2: (laughs) it's the old like this time it will be different this time it will be different yes
1: he's grown he's changed he's matured it's
2: like oh man but
1: that's a good question i i i say that i think um that's a really good question
0: well so so i started thinking right you have like if zach Kleiman the Grizzlies, yeah, who, who kind of has a, almost has a problem of too many people, and there's some suggestions or implications that maybe John Morant might be going off the rails a little bit here, including an incident. Suggestions, here in Indiana yeah, <laughs> that, that uh he, he maybe he was a little uncouth. Uh, you have James get, Jones in well, Phoenix with an owner, an no, owner
1: Okay, go ahead, go ahead. We'll come back. We'll come back I'm to just,
0: that. Do you have James Jones in Phoenix? Right, obviously has its own unique flavor of operating in general which probably makes his life more complicated than it needs to be let alone he's in an ownership change and and he has you know multiple sort of players that that maybe are a handful to manage yeah you have tim Connolly, which he's sort of shit in his own bed and now has to sleep in it so that's not very fun um i think that those are my top three uh but beyond that you know there's there's a few others that we could get into but i'll start there i'll stop there i'm curious what you guys think
1: yeah, I like those. I think um, yeah, the Memphis situation is definitely it's just w- weird. They're kind of going through like a Warriors period where you're like, Why aren't these guys winning games all the time? And it just can't be the Shane and Sharp factor, you know. It's like, what's going on here? Um I, I did I haven't read all the things about the John Morant and his uh his uh his friends and the issues they had with Indiana, but did it involve a laser pointer? Was that yeah. I, yeah,
2: That's about the extent of what I know of it too. Hey, man. those are just, those kids be hijinks.
1: <laughs> Bring you it know? back. <laughs> those could just be hijinks. You know, we might have another, the third new brother may have had a few run-ins <laughs> involving laser pointers from time to time. <laughs> oh man. Um, Yeah. I like those guys. I think, I, I think, um, nico harrison i i also think i don't know i kind of feel like maury's kind of on a in a kind of a tough tough spot in a way of his own making but i think it's i don't feel any sort of uh you know feel bad for him but i do think like if they have another bad playoff run harden b- making weird noises about houston like you see like top he had to push out doc you know and beads kind of getting tired of all this i don't know that's kind of a one that there's some pressure building to kind of get over the hump and actually like make some noise in the playoffs. I don't know. D anybody else on your, on your list?
2: Uh, I like, I think the James Jones situation because Paul is, you know, on his last leg <laughs> and like his center, the center doesn't want to be there and he's uh, maybe not worth the money and he's not speaking to, we don't know what's going on with him and the coach. And I mean, didn't they try to, didn't they try to make a move for Kyrie? That was one of the rumors that they tried to trade Paul and some others for uh Kyrie. So I I I just they they feel like they're a little bit stuck now, coming off last year and where they are now, and the J and the Crowder situation. Um, but Michael, you posed the question, you had your option, so I assume you you have a clear choice for uh for number one
0: no actually i don't i, I don't think I, I nothing none of these i think can rival the the the, the uh sojourn of sean marks over the last couple of years i mean <laughs> can, can we just remind you like sean marks fired his coach or they had a mutual uncoupling not 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 more than like eight weeks ago i mean steve nash coached this nba season and somehow we're, his we're-
1: buddy like they, they were they were like they were tight, yeah, right? They went I mean, back. Yeah. It wasn't just and, like and, any were random. Just,
0: just a few clicks later, you know, it's just crazy to me what they've gone through. So so nothing holds a candle to that. Um, I think if I had to settle on one D, I I probably land in the James Jones space. Not that I, I don't think he's caused some of these things himself, but um, I, I I, would, uh, I, I got to imagine every morning he's waking up and he's not exactly stoked to be, to be, be dealing with the things he's dealing with.
1: Well it's interesting because you're going from an owner who obviously is completely contemptible and just, just you know just a person who's made a lot of bad choices and just a an incredibly hard situation how he's treated people in the organization for many many years. So obviously moving away from that to Anyone is an improvement if you're a general <laughs> manager, but at the same time, I do wonder for these guys. They kind of find their little niche, and he kind of was allowed to kind of do what he wanted to do. He knew how to deal with the situation, and you're going to a guy who's, you know, and Matt Ishbia, the new lead owner, who you know he played college basketball and he was like a walk-on for Izzo. So, like, there can't there's not many guys who own teams that were, you know, that actually played high level basketball. <laughs> I mean, they all like basketball a mm-hmm. lot but uh not sure if there's anyone who played that level actually been in those rooms and everything so i assume he'll come in with a lot of his own ideas and i think that could be you know and that team is at a crossroads and you know james jones has done some really good things like the chris paul trade and then some things that are a little more confusing so um it'll be interesting if sbs says okay you're my guy and let's ride on together or you know if that's a shorter shorter duration hey Michael's just taking it aside here. As maybe this is like, uh, you know, finance corner. But can you can you? I don't know. This is off the this is off the cuff. But can you break down, um, like how Matt Ishbia became a billionaire, and (laughs) then also how it came to be that the Cleveland Cavaliers gave a um, were the only. they did not. They did not vote on his. They were neutral. Abstention. They abstained. They from were like voting. New Hampshire at the Continental Congress. <laughs> so can you give us the little finance corner on that? It's like
0: <laughs>
2: wait, New Hampshire
0: no. abstained at the Continental. Was in New Hampshire? No, I mean, I, I, I there was, was one state that abstained. The, one of the thirteen colonies. They continued to abstain. It's I met him in Schoolhouse Rock, or there was a, uh, or maybe it was 1776. It was one of those those movies in my in my youth that I maybe mean, Delaware. <laughs> They continually abstained. They, uh, I think, at one point, their their honor was challenged to pick a side. (laughs) But uh, they said no. I I do not think. I don't. I don't. (laughs) don't I don't think Mister Gilbert was necessarily, uh, you know, trying to trying to. It was New New York. It appears. Was Was it New York? Yeah. Wow. They bounced back. Well, honorable delegate from the state of New York. I guess uh, that-
1: I guess Alexander Hamilton was not there. He was too bu- busy rapping and singing somewhere. So, um, <laughs> can you break it down though, Michael? Can you give us like, are these guys like mortgage brokers who like when we ever, any of us gets a mortgage, they get a piece of the action and they just do so many of them. Do they originate the mortgages? Is it, if this is like not, this is totally off the cuff. I'm just like, how did this guy, like, how is this business so big that two guys from Michigan who hate each other, you know, the Gilberts, and the Ishbia's, because the Ishbia's, like, called out Dan Gilbert. That's why he abstained, because Ishbia was, like, they don't treat their people right. I think they had layoffs. He's, like, these guys are terrible. But they basically do the same thing, right?
0: Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think what my understanding is that, like, that Quicken Loans was the original, or, or at least was one of the original components of Gilbert's sort of...
1: Yeah, empire. Empire. Yeah. And then... Yeah.
0: In, in, in more recently, the brand you recognize as Rocket Mortgage, which is, is a mortgage originator. Okay. It, my understanding was that both of uh, Ishbia and Gilbert's businesses are traditionally underwriters. So basically, okay. they take on, they sort of evaluate and take on the risk associated with the loans from these independent mortgage brokers, right? So oftentimes, what you, what is confusing is you have banks, right, that both underwrite and service your loans. And oftentimes, okay. you have a mortgage broker that will originate a loan but not but neither service nor underwrite it right so you just have a guy who's connected to people um and so what Ishbia and and uh, Gilbert have are these underwriters that then take basically get points and then eventually bundle them up and sell them to Freddie and Fannie because that's what uh, you get to do. So all well, the mortgages th- thank, thank you to the yes. to the US government for subsidizing the wealth of of you know many, many Americans through the, the
1: purchase country. of Phoenix Suns. So there we go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and comic sans letters everywhere
1: No. oh man um yeah I, I just i was just yeah just thinking about this too i mean the thing that really shocked me about it was just the relationship between Kyrie and durant and then obviously harden and durant and how you know none of it really mattered in the end um and it's sort of like this it's not show friends that show business situation. And I was just, I don't know. I was just, that's the part that's still surprising to me that there wasn't sort of a higher thing of a, let's, let's do this together. And the together part didn't in the end really matter that much. And I think it lines up though, right? Because I think one of the reasons people were saying Durant asked for the trade out is because they wouldn't just, the nets wouldn't just give Kyrie the extension last summer. And I think his expectation was they were going to do that hopefully at some point he, he sort of acknowledged why that was not, would not be a wise decision for the <laughs> franchise, but who knows? Um, But it is just kind of strange to me that they, you know, again, it's just like they're artists. So it's like, they're an artist collective. They like, you know, maybe it's like Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. They make a lot of great, funny movies for a long time. And then, you know, Will Ferrell wants to play um, Dr. Bus, and McKay won't put him in the role and puts John C. Reilly in his in place it is placed and that ends a beautiful friendship. So I'm not sure what the, you know, the role was here. What, what got him between them, <laughs> Maybe it was Steve Nash or something. Uh, but yeah, I mean, do you guys, I mean, what does this mean for like teaming up in the future? Obviously, um, you know, LeBron did it multiple times and just kind of bounced when there was, where there was talent to, you know, he wasn't sticking around with Wade when Wade was injured, he was like peace. So it's every man for himself at the end, but like, do you think this impacts it at all, or will we st- see more? Hey, I want to play with you. Let's just go someplace and try it out.
0: Yeah, I don't. I think to me, it, the Katie Kyrie circumstances is such an outlier compared to the way the rest of these. I mean, the rest of them have been almost intentional business arrangements. I mean, it was, you know. Bosh Wade and, and LeBron are at the peak of their powers. You can earn more as a historic franchise and a historic team. That's why they gave away 5% of their maxes so that they could make it all work and they could pay you down Haslam and whatever all get Mike Miller. Right. I mean, they basically made these intentional choices it was the same thing with, I think with Durant to a certain degree, right. He, they, they all knew Right, they, there's the stories of Draymond and Clay and staff all sort of signing off on bringing Durant into the Warriors. Like they, it was clearly like a business arrangement to win, and I think that's the thing that at, at a certain level is someone inspiring. Is like these guys are have these singular focus that they're willing to sacrifice for, which is such an element of team sports. And the interesting thing was with with Kyrie and, and Durant, it was, it was this Ballyhood relationship, which was always sort of like oddly not rooted in reality it was like one all-star weekend when it all came came to fruition you kind of realized like Hey, we had fun in Toronto together that one time. And that was cool. Let's it's be like, roommates. Oh, it's wait. Like you meet, it's like when you made like, <laughs> like your friends, buddies, friends, brother-in-law at a bachelor party, and you're like, dude, we should start a business together. This will be awesome. <laughs>
1: Let's start a podcast. Oh, wait. <laughs> Someone like, said starting a podcast is the new like guy starting a bar. And I appreciated that. Except it's a lot easier to uh, start a podcast than a bar. But, <laughs> that's indeed. a great point, though. It, it is like, it's like, man, this is awesome you're complete my sentences you complete me let's uh let's ride together and then it's like oh you know this is, this is why we have courtship periods you know <laughs> yeah, exactly this is, this is why you date through the seasons
0: where's joshua harrison you need him oh man, oh, man. that's oh, sorry <laughs> that's not
1: a good not a good not a good place um yeah i i just i i I hear what you're saying. So what you're what you're saying is that Kyrie and Durant are took it like artists. They just kind of like fell into it, and it wasn't some, you know, master plan. Despite the best, uh, this the best uh, efforts of uh, Durant's consigliere uh, to <laughs> kind of pretend it was all part of a master plan. Um, but will we see? I mean, like like who's out there that's like thinking that way, right? I mean, it wasn't like I mean, Giannis had an opportunity to kind of. At one point, it was like, "Oh, before they won the title, maybe he'll go to Miami." They share an agent with Bam, and it was like,
0: "Nope." Doncic got- and Embiid are going to end up in Miami on the reset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, it actually kind of feels like the two next two guys are going to be pissed. To be really honest, it's like it was- it, it's it, that it just it, it would not, it wouldn't shock me at all if either of those guys at the at the end of the. I mean, I have zero faith the 76ers, even though they have had a nice year so far, are gonna are gonna be sort of be there at the end here this year, uh, you know, James Harden is as their second best player has not in, in, engendered the, the trust that that is required here. And, you know, does anybody think this Mavs trade is going to work? Like, I just, I don't understand. Like, like there's, there's like three people who think it's going to work. I mean, that and they all are reside within, I mean, I don't think Nico Harrison probably thinks this is going to work. He's like, uh, Mark, are you sure? Oh, okay, let's do it, man. I guess I knew him in Nike. <laughs> well,
2: do you think it's possible? I get like the long-term, you don't want to invest in Kyrie, but what about just for this season where things are up for grabs in the West, uh, as long as like Lucas heel is okay. I mean, do, do the Mavs, if, I mean, if Kyrie just uh, behaves for a couple months here, a few months.
0: No, but the, pr- the problem is, is they might, they might have an incredible offense, and they still might not have the best offense in the conference. I mean, like, I, I, can they outscore the like Jokic and the Nuggets? And they can't defend a lick. I mean, they 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 are going to be so short-handed if they're trying to play. You know, their five best players. I mean, Maxi Kleba is going to basically like turn into sneakers. He's going to be like, <laughs> I can't guard everyone. He's going to go full <laughs> Gobert. Like, he's going to look around and be like, Excuse
2: me. I think because of his latest injury, you forgot that Christian Wood has morphed into a shot blocker. <laughs> uh, I think you missed that somewhere, but no, it's, you're right. But well, there's I mean, def- there's it's definitely
1: just- a robbing Peter to pay Paul though, right? With the to having to include DFS in the trade. Cause it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. It's I mean, obviously we're all starting from the point of like, it makes no sense to, to bring in, uh Kyrie Irving anywhere near your basketball team without just complete desperation and it definitely seems it seems like it's a uh it's a sign that they're getting a little bit more worried about Luca that they would mm. you know do that because all we kept hearing for the last year too is oh we're gonna wait till we have like our full allotment of picks we have salary cap it's really gonna be in 2025 we're gonna make our move and it's like why are we waiting for this <laughs> it's like, Luca's incredible. like Go for it now. And obviously, like the Persingas thing didn't pan out. Um, now they're doing this. Um my favorite reaction to it was the was the Lakers fans that were really mad that the Lakers didn't get Kyrie, but then they 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 uh their reaction was really upset about that, but at least we'll have Luca in twenty twenty eight, you know, or something. Like,
2: <laughs> they're playing the long game. <laughs> Wait, so, let me get, so they're worried about Luca and they're gonna bring in Kyrie to uh <laughs> Poison his head with right. Just settle him <laughs> but, right down, Luca. You can't follow him on Twitter. You don't. Don't be his Twitter friend. Like uh we have to have parameters here too. I
1: mean, they they definitely have a better chance, in my mind, to make the conference finals than they did like a week ago. Like we've been watching the team. They just don't. You know, they're definitely doing the high variance thing of like, okay, now the, I don't think this variance like it may make make them make the play in, and they don't even go. But I think if they get in, you know. I mean, Luca and Kyrie cooking together for, you know, a series, you could see them, you know, continuing making it forward. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think it, I, I take your point D that there's a lot of, um, a lot of evenness I and mean, mediocrity for lack of a better word in the Western conference. And there's a lot of openness. I mean, one of the things I wanted to talk about was just like how like, wide open and how great that number three um seed is in the west i mean that's assuming memphis kind of gets their head together and like maintains number two because they still have a few game lead on the kings but the difference between three and ten even with sacramento having a great season so far is not that much and that's like the dream because if you get that three seed you know Um, Now, you may have to play like a really good (laughs) team that struggled in the first round, but then you go to Memphis potentially in the second round, who is is kind of been a mess recently. So I just was curious. Like, I I feel like to D your point, it resonates with me because I feel like if I'm Cuban and that group, I'm thinking, well, if we... Take this move now, we could get the three seed, and then we could be back in the conference finals, and you like never know what's gonna happen at that point. But Mm. I agree with Michael, they have no they have no defenders. I mean, they have no nobody. Of course, then like Josh Green and Hardy go off for like 30 tonight and they beat the Jazz without anybody, without Luca, (laughs) (laughs) Kyrie, or anybody. So (laughs) all these young guys are coming up. They're like, Yeah, we're ready. Give
2: us our chance. These old guys get get them out of here. Yeah, it's their version of Cam Thomas and Edward Sumner. Exactly.
0: I mean it just I I get that Kyrie is an incredible kind of transcendent player when he's healthy and that he he the, the allure of it is is intriguing. But I just I can't get past the fact that he I mean he hasn't had a relevant playoff moment since he left the Cavs. I mean his first season in his first season in uh Boston, he got hurt and it was the Terry Rozier conference finals show. The next year was the was was the I got this, and he wanted to ISO defend Giannis in the Buck series that they lost. I think four one in the first round. That was that was like peak. Like Kyrie's leaving. Do they need to break up the Jays? Like you know Tatum and Brown, and and then he basically like has like mailed in the last two playoffs with or been hurt with the Nets. I mean, it's just I don't understand like what evidence there is to be like oh yeah if you put him next Ooh. to you know. I mean, is he a top? Uh, 2016. Is he a top, yeah. was well, he a top eight guard? Yeah. Magic was good in '88 too. I mean, we don't even need no. to roll him out with the Mavs. <laughs> like, it's like at what point is it? Is he a top eight guard in the West? Like, I don't even. I, I just top eight
2: guard in the West. Yeah, I think so. But I, I mean, I, I guess no, you only... do.
0: Okay, let's go through it then.
2: <laughs> okay, give me. I'm, I'm really actually oh, yeah. fascinated because it's guys. like, I mean, jaw. That's close. But Booker, when will he be, when will he get back on the court? <laughs> Tomorrow. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Touche.
0: I mean, Curry.
1: <laughs> will he be back on the court? <laughs> yeah. yeah. In February, weeks.
0: Doncic. I mean, I, I just, I, I think it
2: gets. Don I mean, doesn't count. They're on the same team. But no. I well, guess I, mean, yeah.
0: I, I just, I, I guess I just have such a limited. Well. I, I don't like, think there's
2: whatever order he is, there's not going to be much separation between him and whoever, you know, number three is, I think, or, you know, I mean, will we'll put Luca. Yeah. We'll put, maybe put a couple guys above him, but I'm saying there's not that much separation, but I think just to counter, I think I agree with what you're saying. His uh epic moment in the playoffs was a great game seven NBA finals. He basically essentially hit the game winner in 2016. So he has, excelled at the very highest level on the biggest stage he always played well for the cavaliers when they were in the finals even aside from 2016 so just saying he 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 has proven that he can bring it he has not done it recently but there is some evidence to point in his career that he has brought sure. it on the high stage, like- highest level it, that was two presidents ago
1: <laughs> if the full moon comes out during the nba finals they the mavericks are going to win the title they're golden i i i hear you i mean I, I well first of all it's like that's an impressive like depth of guards in the uh western conference when you go through we didn't even get You're to like, like shea or desmond bain or anything it's like wow yeah. there's some that's like yeah. man, perimeter heavy. That's pretty. That's gonna be a fun. You didn't playoffs. even mention
0: Jokic. who's like literally the best point guard in the conference. <laughs>
1: hey, it's nice to hear that. Nice. Wow, look at that. It's not so hard. That's hard to be affirming. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I'll just do one better. Giannis, best player in the <laughs> league. Incredible effort the last few weeks. Great job, Giannis. Uh, Greek freak. Um, yeah, I, I just think the thing about Kyrie is that he is. Again, you get past all the other stuff, which is you can't really brush away, but it's still like when he's playing, he is the perfect second banana because he he like I think Windhorse was talking about it on Zach Lowe's podcast about when he played with LeBron. It's like he's the perfect guy to play off a ball dominator because he can shoot. So he stretches the defense and then he also like can be that like they penetrate. And then kick it to you, and you play off the pass and, and attack the defense. And you can run pick and roll as like your third thing you do, which is like you're still maybe you're not even top eight in the Western Conference, but you're still really good at it. And you can, like, it's a very effective way to do the offense. And then you even just on top of that, put that he pushes the ball, he you know, which will help the Mavs. And then, like, just a Kyrie Luka pick and roll is just going to be crazy because like Luca may be the best guard in the league or one of the best guards, but he's also one of the best, like four or five men too. I mean, he can do everything. He's kind of the opposite of Jokic that way. So, but I agree. I mean, it's like, how much will he play? Like, I think they're counting on he'll keep doing what he's been doing the last 20 games where he's like locked in. He wants the money. So he's just going to do whatever he can for the money. So, um, but I guess like all this talk, I mean, would you have done it or like, what would you do alternatively, I guess, if you're the Maverick? Would you just stand pat and wait for 2025? Or would you like do another move? Or I mean who knows what's out there exactly? Indeed,
0: um, I mean you have to wait. Like, I think we've seen this story play out. I mean, whether it was the first era calves with LeBron or or it was the Pelican Hornets with, with AD, like when you rush to build these teams around a young generational superstar you only have so many bites at the apple and then you it, it's over. Right. And so taking a swing like they did with Porzingis, which I think was really respectful. And, and, and at the point in time made a lot of sense, it did not work out, but then you only get one more shot at this. And the fact that they're taking that on Kyrie Irving is insane to me. I mean, it's just, it smells of so much desperation. Whereas if they could sort of circle the wagons and wait for the next angry star, you know, maybe they just pictured the fact that they would always be out, out kicked by whoever else tried to get into the action, right? I mean, there's enough teams that have stockpiled assets at this point that maybe they didn't think even with a few more picks coming together that that they could truly make a competitive or compelling offer. But again, it just, it feels like, a, a, you know, they're swinging for the fences on an O2 count, right? Where they just, it, it, it's, it's, it's so destined to fail, and, and we're going to watch Luca wake up one day at some point in the next, you know, 18 to 36 months and sound to say, what am I doing here? Not unlike, you know, it's like I, I just envision like Larry Hughes and Antoine Jameson playing alongside LeBron James. And you're like, wait, what what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> like of, of course, he wants to leave. Of course, he's like doing the decision like he's he's a generational player. And he's been like the you know a top ten player in the league since his second year in the NBA. And meanwhile, he's like you know sharing the ball with Larry Hughes and Mo Williams. Like you know Mo Williams might be like the worst All Star in the history of the All Star game. Like it's 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 crazy to me that that what they did there is malpractice. And just watching the Mavs do it again around Doncic, you know, is is it's almost like they they're almost. I'm curious to just think of this. They almost feel a little like Hawks West a little bit where they made the conference finals uh, and they've had playoff success or at least playoff intrigue each of the last three years because of Doncic's ability to dominate in the playoffs. And so it's almost led them in this direction that they're closer than they really are where where which similar to the kind of the Hawks coming off of that unique run a couple of years ago, you kind of wonder, you know, it, it Would it have been better to sort of circle the wagons and sort of reevaluate things versus sort of kind of going, Hey, we caught lightning in a bottle? I mean, the Blazers did the same thing three years ago when they made the conference finals and got boat raced by the Warriors in 19. Like, it's just you know, you you, that probably extended the CJ. no need, no need. Why did you bring that up? Three years, we don't need to reopen all the way. Just leave it,
1: they made the conference final. Let's just leave it there. (laughs)
0: So I just I'm curious. I mean, it feels like it's again. It just smells of desperation. And I can't. I, I if I would be, I would be like heartbroken right now if I was a Mavericks. I'd be preemptively preparing to lose Doncic. Oh, I'd man. be so sad. Oh man, you and the, know,
1: Lakers done. <laughs> the Lakers fans. Lakers <laughs> fans are ready.
2: I, I actually have. I don't know. I just think there's a, a little more of a higher possibility that <laughs> that they have they have a window. I get that they don't have any defensive players at all. But, um, those two together, I mean, it's no Trey Young and, and, uh, and Murray, you know, like it is a higher level. Like, um, I mean, it's,
0: it's no Durant and Irving. Oh,
2: wait, <laughs> I'm kind of bummed. I'm, I'm actually bummed a pretty, I thought, not that I thought far Brooklyn off. was, that was I thought Brooklyn was getting to be a pretty intriguing team in the Eastern conference. So I, I'm kind of disappointed to not see what they could have done, but, um, I think, Michael, you're you're still you've got the Mavericks feeling bad that they let go of Brunson, you know, and they just figured that that was such a terrible mistake that they had to get someone who could do the kind of things that Brunson could do. So uh, but actually, I'm curious what
0: what percent of 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 Brunson is Kyrie like, is he like, is he 110 percent of Brunson? Is he 125 percent of Brunson? Is he like 100?
2: (laughs) Is he like are they are they kind of equivalents? Our answer certainly would have been different at the be- at the beginning of the season versus now because you've sort of uh you've been a little more correct on your assessment of him than we have been, which we hate to give you credit for, but we've had to a couple times. Hey, but... welcome, welcome. <laughs> what do you say, Red?
1: No, it's funny to see people say that like right now that they should just just give him, uh, give him the max, and I felt like we all agreed on that in the end. It was like we had different value kind of valuations of his talent and how important he was, etc. And like to D's point, Michael, you um his performance this year has, has definitely been on your side of the ledger, but I think we all agreed like just give him the money. Like you don't you can't lose a guy like that who's at that point. And I think that's that's the point. I mean, I would say Kyrie is again like he's such a high variance player. It's like, but I would say he's definitely on the higher end compared to compared to Brunson and, and what he can do and how he plays and how he can play with someone. Um I mean, I think partly Brunson's in a great situation just having the ball all the time be the ball dominator and not having to play off of of Luca, which maybe is part of the reason they weren't as excited about keeping it together, although they should have. Although did I did think of Michael when you talked about you know Luca might wake up one day and just decide it's time to go to LA. I I did think you know the Mavs do have a do have a you know ace in the hole. And it would be a little bit like I don't know. Have you seen Godfather Part Two yet,
0: Michael? That, has that been on? Your I, wa- list? I saw parts of it. Remember, I <laughs> oh, watched the one gosh, that was yeah,
1: you of...
2: watched the montage. Oh, oh my the
1: gosh.
0: The one and two montage. How <laughs> are we even doing
1: a podcast together? Come on. <laughs> these are like this is, this is these are table stakes. But uh it would be a little bit like uh during the Senate hearings of Michael Corleone, and they uh they brought in the brother of one of the witnesses, uh, and that will be like yeah. the day. Luca makes the spot make the call to Cuban to say he wants to trade. So Dirk will just kind of lope in, just limp in and be like just stare between at the brothers. Just staring
2: between at the brothers, can We'll just
0: stare at Luca. It'll just be like,
1: Who is that man? Will he come forward and be sworn? Uh,
0: you mean, Dirk's what... gonna lean over and go, Luca, I dealt with Cuban's bullshit for 15 years. You can deal with <laughs> it for another five.
2: And then yeah, Adam's uh commissioner will reach out to Mark Cuban and will be saying it's it's between the brothers. You know? <laughs> between the brothers,
1: exactly. He's here on his own expense to support his brother <laughs> in his time of need. Um, but I I yeah, it's funny with Cuban because you do wonder is he just betting on himself and his ability to sort of manage all this craziness. And does he still have <laughs> does he still have that ability? Because I, I could see like 15, 20 years ago where he could have where he was like kind of like. You know, partying with the guys in the uh, in the club and everything, and you know, trying to recruit uh, Chandler Parsons uh, <laughs> to come over to the Mavs, uh, which I think shows right. his limitations as a talent evaluator, but um, <laughs> definitely good at uh, you know ag- arranging a good uh, you know pregame. Um, I I I just wonder if. He's thinking, okay, like me and Kyrie are just gonna hang out. Maybe that's what Kyrie's doing all week. is just hanging out with Cuban. <laughs> They're just like rolling together. Um, so I, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see what they can can do together. I, I I definitely you know wouldn't have done it. It's funny you bring up the Hawks because you kind of again I just did, but I didn't get the part where they were like, oh, we're gonna wait to this like perfect window, and then we're gonna get the guy because. You know, they could have, I mean, I would have loved seeing them do like the Murray trade or something like that. You know, I feel like they were, I mean, they have the next pick that's out there that limits them a little bit, but it just seems like even doing something like that, where it's a guy who matches the age. Now, again, like how much better is he than Brunson? It's the same problem, but it's just like, they, um, I'm just surprised they were trying to wait so long to do it. Um, so, yeah, they were in a tough spot. But they, it's of their own doing, um, and it's a great comparison, Michael, to the Cavs because it's the exact same thing. Again, Nate Jones always says it. it's like if you're too good, if you're if you get the, one of the great players of all time, when you don't have anybody else that's good, then they're so good, so fast, that you can't build out the other talent. Because even the Hawks, they should be better than they are because they have all these other guys they drafted when they were really bad with Trey. It's just they made, they just made some bad decisions along the way.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, it'll be fascinating to see. I certainly, I, I will say, as much as my skepticism runs ripe, I think I'm fascinated to watch them. I mean, I actually do think they will be. Um, I do find both of, like I, I said, I do find Kyrie an entertaining basketball player. I mean, he, 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 the way he plays the game is is entertaining. And so, yeah, there'll be a handful. It'll be fun to get a uh, kind of Mavs Nugget series potentially. Those games might go to like 160. that's a great point we might actually have like the elam ending to just get to 160 and you
2: win (laughs) right yeah might help if uh luca was healthy too he's he's been out for a couple of games it seems a little concerning about it's not good to have an injured heel i mean you don't want anything injured but uh you're gonna have to use that and i hope hopefully they can uh get him 100 percent because Christian Wood is back, guys. So they have their big—they have their big three. Big three. <laughs> oh man, Danielle Marshall and
1: Larry Hughes are, are uh, <laughs> bad somewhere. Yeah, it's it's funny with the injuries because it's definitely continue to have a huge impact. And I was just thinking about it with Steph's injury, which I don't know if we know the full extent of how long it'll take him to come back yet. But sounds pretty bad. It sounds bad, and I think it's at least a few weeks, but it could be longer. And I, and I, we've talked before, you know, at the pod, we talked about it even last week about Brady, you know, his retirement, how um, just what his his ability to go to forty five and do what he set out to do, and how some of these guys in the NBA are trying to they're trying to like have these long careers. And we've talked about Steph taking care of his body, expanding his, his strength and agility, and all the things he's done. But I think this year just reminded me he's like. Playing the NBA is a little different than playing quarterback in the NFL, where you yeah. can just like throw the ball away and and like live to fight another day. Like there's no place right. to hide on an NBA court, and I do yeah. like seeing these kind of random injuries uh, come up. And even LeBron, who's had even though he's going to break the record this week, and man, hats off to him, man, it's amazing yeah, uh, really. accomplishment. And but I just like they're they're just I don't think you can go that long. I mean, he's this he's this he's the the freak you know, LeBron and what he's been able to do, but I just don't know if these guys can keep it, keep it. Yeah. Down at level. All the
2: the pounding on the knees and the joints, because uh, whatever, whatever diet you're on, wh- however much you're sleeping, you know, you can do, you can do everything right, but uh, the joints and the knee, you know, they don't care. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, right. they, they still get the pounding. So. The
1: team team just puts you in pick and roll all the time. They don't, yeah. they don't, they don't care. They don't, they're not, they're uh, not on the TB twelve.
2: Yeah.
1: It was a little sad this week, though. I got even more melancholy about Brady's retirement this week with some of his uh, social media activities. I was just like, "Oh man, come on, oh, no. say, say oh, ain't no. So it fi- Tommy. is he fighting say the hecklers
2: so. or something?" Or?
1: no, he's just you know, he's just kind of uh, living his best life. I don't know. Oh,
2: okay, he's not going Durant and like going into the gutters. And-
1: <laughs> not, not yet. Um, <laughs> i don't know not, we'll see not what, yet see what's next <laughs> for him i don't know i just feel i feel sad about the situation but it's like you kind of like you know watch what you wish for i guess it's too bad um, yeah
2: he had a decent run you know yeah seven super bowl you know no, it's nah. but you're right no I'm matter sure, what no matter what I'm, you accomplish it still ends yeah. i'm sure
1: i'm sure he would do it the same way again good like yeah he's incredible like he's like we'll live on forever so he's immortal
2: but yeah, the sad uh, the sadness is that it ends, <laughs>
1: you know. Yeah, it's just kind of like, oh man, you know, it's just we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, well, I know we're getting close to time, but I don't know, Michael. Do we have a few minutes? Do you love if you'll uh, kind of roll along with it to do a quick uh, WNBA free agency uh, update, uh, lay of the
0: Women's National
1: Basketball Association.
0: Oh man, where do we start? There's only two places to start, right? Well,
1: we're already making our uh Michael and I are already making our reservations for uh Liberty Aces in Las Vegas this summer. Uh tickets are going probably are actually going pretty quickly because both teams have stacked their teams. They've they've definitely done it from a business perspective. They are not doing the Kyrie Durant uh just be my true self approach they're definitely <laughs> doing the like where am i going to win titles and uh have fun doing it as fast as possible so um i think the big shocking uh development was canis parker has joined the uh the aces las vegas A- aces playing for becky Harmon or hammond excuse me and uh but then matched Maybe exceeded or matched. What do we What do we think, Michael? With, I think it's uh, an exceed.
0: Bri- Brianna maybe not total team composition, but certainly. Courtney Vandersloot.
1: Of- yeah, some some Northwest connections there. Somehow the Storm have uh, struck out so far,
0: at least last night, The I Storm checked. are doing their best UW Hoops impression. That's like Mike Hopkins is coaching the Storm, oh, I think, maybe. Oh, man. At least the
1: UW women beat Stanford. That was good to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically we're gonna go. D love. We're going Celtics Lakers. It's Lakers Celtics '80s now in the WBA. There's two
0: dominant that's teams. Great. Everyone else is playing for third. Um, I love And that. I
1: and I will I, I will say for uh, playing myself. Playing for
0: twelfth, to be clear. That's Cause, true. Because 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 uh, Caitlin Clark is coming, and the league is. Oh, you're right. You're notice. right. You're right. You're right. Is she a senior, or is she come out early? Maybe I think she's a junior, but I think she's gonna come.
1: Okay. Yeah, right. That was your that was Michael. That was your strategy for the storm, right? Just just go, go, Sam Hinkie. Just just go for that number one pick. That's how you rebuild.
0: If you could get Steph Curry as the first pick, you. I mean, it's like it's. I mean, Wimbanyama's is a big deal, but like, if you knew you could get Steph Curry, you just go do it, right? Yeah, I mean,
1: she's that good, right, from Iowa. Yeah, yeah. So I I really like like. I've really liked NCAA women's basketball for a long time. I think like the tournament, especially, I mean, now it's pretty much the entire tournament, but even years ago, like the sweet 16, you just saw like incredibly high level basketball and just like, you know, just great. But man, those like storm aces games, I think Michael and I were both watching them a lot last summer in the playoffs. That was like the Western conference. Was that the Western conference finals? I think, is that what that was? Uh, Actually, I think it was the second round, second round, but it was like, heavyweight so they were playing at a high level so uh definitely get ready for the aces and liberty this uh this summer
0: aces liberty
2: nice i
1: like it i checked it's not the same time as summer league i feel like they should put those games (laughs)
0: it's the the week before yeah i know i'm like that would be amazing
1: go to summer league we could take take hazel willa Tallulah, josiah abe it would be uh i know there's a few other more important things happening this summer than that but um maybe maybe someday
0: someday just you know the storm might be down but at least I get to root for Kelsey Plum which one of my actually my one of my favorite in in-person sporting events I'm curious what your guys' favorite in-person sporting events after I tell you this one one of my favorite in-person sporting events was on a whim my dad was in town and I said hey there's this girl on the UW basketball team and she's incredible I want to go watch her live and so we walked down to Hack Ed and watched Kelsey Plum break the the career points record in NCAA women's basketball, uh, which was which is, I think she went for 55 against Utah or something 58, maybe something in the 50s in a, in a U, Utah Utah Pac 12 women's basketball game. So one of wow. my favorite, it was in a totally insane environment. You just couldn't believe what was what kept happening. But it was uh, it was one of the more fun things to see live.
1: Yeah. It's so amazing how she's translated that to the WNBA and she's first team all NBA. I mean, Michael, you know, I've talked about it and then, um, yeah, the, the combination with Becky Hammond and it's really, really amazing. So live sports, I would go, you know, um, I think Michael, you didn't make the cut, but, we, uh, the 95 game five Yankees Mariners <laughs> series, there was only four tickets and, uh, I think you got to hang out with. Uh, our dad and and Doug Burley, but uh, I'm sure you had a great time watching the game from a sports bar somewhere instead. <laughs> no, no, when crazy. I got
0: iced out for James Burley, who hasn't cared about sports in his entire life. And no, it's sure. true. I, I'm not sure that's what happened true. there. You gotta believe. You gotta
1: like. You gotta believe in the future. I don't know. D, any any great in person uh, games for you?
2: Uh, I only can speak hypothetically, really. Um, I mean, I because I want to go to the Masters one day in the Super Bowl. Those are my two favorite Ooh, uh, in-person. The big things. ones. Let's do I it. I went to uh, I think a Lasers game '92 with Dr. Picorni uh <laughs> where we beat the Spurs. Uh that was game two. David Robinson, uh, Rod Strickland, shot uh, out. Uh, that was ninety. Sorry, it was ninety. Oh yes. well, yeah. game Larry Brown. two. Duckworth was injured. Cliff Robinson had to play center, rest in peace. Uh, and we we uh we won games one and two set up for the game seven went at home, but uh yeah, not not, you know. Obviously I need to attend more made bigger sporting events. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all?
0: <laughs> all right, guys. Well apologies to Marcus Tuasis Sopo. The Rosewood didn't make our list, I guess. <laughs> oh my this Tui, Tui. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us at the 3D Love NBA Podcast. We'll be back next time, but until then, remember throw it down, big man. This isn't just a great podcast, it's a triumph of the human spirit.